You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Cut it out! Stop it! Uh, hello, welcome to the Oz Network. Every single one of these episodes is going to start with Jamie trying to disrupt the flow of the show here. We are back on the Oz Network for another episode of Star Trek Discovery. Can you tell that this is our favorite time of week, considering it's getting later and later every week before we record these episodes? Do we have to do this? We do, because there's only one left until we get a movie break. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> but Star Trek Discovery has now reached, uh, this is what, episode eight now, uh, titled See Vis Pacum Parabellum. Um, my name is Colin, and I'm tired of Latin titles in Star Trek. And my name is Jamie, and I'm uh, Parabellum. You're Parabellum. Pick-a-lick-a-lick-a-duke. <laughs> that was very racist towards the Latins, Jamie. Oh. What does that even mean? Who's I have Latin? It Where does that I even come here. from? Well, this is a thing in Star Trek, apparently. Like, there are lots of episodes. Not lots, but, like, over the course of, what is this now, uh, six TV shows and hundreds and hundreds of episodes. There are apparently been over a half dozen Latin titles. So, like, well, we'll fit into Star Trek. Let's give it a Latin title. And let's go along with the Greek title we had with, before a couple episodes ago. But they're, they're just trying to be diverse and, you know, attract different masses from all these Yeah, countries. this is Star Trek Discovery's attempt at diversity, <laughs> yeah. which they've been... Uh, okay, so uh, Latin, like, is it, that from, like, Latino? Like, like, I don't understand. I'm trying to get uh, it. Well, we won't get into it. We're Canadian. We know French. We don't know Latin or Spanish or uh, any other languages. Um, we just, yeah, we only know French here in Canada, which is what we're speaking right now for you non-Canadians who wonder what language this is. Um, so this episode title translates as, if you want peace, prepare for war. That's what the Latin actually means? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, so let me count. This is uh, from Memory Alpha. Uh, it says that the other episodes of Star Trek are Sub Rosa, Dramatis Personae, Inter Arma Enem Silent Leads, Ex Post Facto Non Sequitur Alter Ego. Uh, does Alter Ego count as a Latin title? Terra Nova. Terra Nova and, and Voxola. Voxola. Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, here we are, episode eight, and can you believe already we're only one episode away from the mid-season break? And and can, you know what I just thought of? That title, if you actually do translate it to figure out what the Latin means, it, it kind of, <laughs> no, okay, shut up for a second. It, it kind of makes sense at the end of the episode. It's actually a little bit of a spoiler, isn't it? Mm, no, not in this, well, I guess it goes along with the episode. I mean, it's no different than any other But you won't title. understand what it means until you watch the whole thing anyway. Well, right? yeah, it's like like we talked about last week, the Next Generation episode, Cause and Effect. But I, I just love that you said, you know, when we translate that, as if we sat down and translated the episode title. <laughs> well, you didn't know what it meant when you looked at it. But I'm saying we didn't necessarily translate it. We read it as a paragraph on Memory Alpha here. Anyway, how, how excited, okay, because we've said this for, like, so many episodes ready. Were you excited when you saw first that they actually are on a planet? We've been talking about that every single week, and I have stopped, you know, actually bothering to look up what the next episode is because I couldn't really care less. Um, but when they started and they had that whole space battle and everything, and I'm like, okay, this is cool, but we've seen enough of the bridge, we've seen enough of space battles. And I had this was the first episode where I actually gave up hope. I'm like, there's no way we're actually gonna go on a planet. And then they just cut to it out of nowhere. It's not even like they say, I need you to go down to the planet Pavo and uh, blah, 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 blah. It's just they come back from after the you know, the commercial break or whatever. And 
you know, Starlog, whatever, uh, first officer, <laughs> first I, I like prisoner your, officer. I like your deep, sexy captain voice there. Well, that was actually, I was doing Burnham there. Um, I don't know oh, if she has okay. a deep, sexy captain's voice. But, uh, no, like, she's doing her Star Trek narration. So, like, okay, so we have the Stardate whatever, you know, the uh, log, her, her blog there, <laughs> uh, her podcast, and they're on a planet. I'm like, this can't be Star Trek Discovery. This this must be some rerun of Star Trek the original series or Star Trek the Next Generation or Deep Space Nine or Voyager or Enterprise or the animated series or any of the movies. You know, anything else Star Trek related actually goes to planets. But no, this is Discovery. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about a random thing when you were talking about Captain's Log. I was oh, just- I was just thinking about when the captain was getting on with the Ar- Admiral, and he'd be like, "Captain's log, da, 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 da. and you get okay. it like Captain's log. He's he's got like a a chubby. You get it? Yeah, that's not where my mind was going, but there's a difference <laughs> between me and you. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so yes, we're finally on a planet in this episode, and we get more. Another thing I was thinking of, I'm like, we're this close to the mid season uh, finale, the the breaking point of the season, as they're calling it now, chapter season one, chapter one conclusion which is next week or tomorrow at the time of recording this uh and i started to think well we actually have not had as much of this klingon war as they promoted the show as having but even aside from the space battle i guess there was lots of other stuff in this episode with that um a little bit with stamets as well lots going on in this episode which is also unusual for star trek discovery uh what did you think of this finally on a planet let's just call this episode finally on a planet Okay, yeah, I like that episode. I agree with it. Um, I was excited when I first saw that they were going to do something, and then I thought, oh, you know, gosh, just hope this isn't lame type of thing. And it's interesting because they introduced, like, a new kind of species, and you don't get to know too much about it. It seems like they're not on the planet for really, honestly, that long, where you really learn anything newer kind of... um, where they're like grabbing your interest type of thing. I, I feel like definitely could have been improved upon, but you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. I'm going to take what I yeah. get. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of get what you're saying because there really wasn't a hook in this episode where I'm like, Oh, I'm totally behind this. And part of that is it suffers from that opening battle. And I don't think we needed that opening. The opening battle was cool, but like we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. I've, as I said, I've kind of had enough of this space battles and bridge scenes. With, well, and even with the Stamets thing, it's like, we already knew that. Like, why are yeah, they just sitting here talking It's all rehash. This? And yeah. um, I feel like we could have done this episode without it. Like, why didn't we just, you know, say, uh, oh, they, they beam themselves to wherever this was and they couldn't find anything. Like, we, they needed to establish, yeah, well, this cloaking technology the Klingons have is crippling our war, even though we have this massive weapon that nobody should be able to get away from with the spore drive. Uh, but... regardless I was happy that we actually got somewhere and also they didn't waste too much time they just jumped on the planet yeah Um, I I think that honestly the episode could have done with just having the planet stuff like however however they got onto the planet them actually on the planet and I like the Klingon stuff that they showed because it's again showing like kind of what's happening to the Admiral and you got to wonder about different things you know um that's happening to her and things like that so you know you're not just left in the dark um, so honestly, if the whole episode was just, you know, those components, that would have been way better than them dragging, you know, with other teams. Yeah, I agree. But like the Admiral story, they introduced that, what was it like two weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, well, three weeks ago at time of recording. Um, and then it was just sort of dropped last week. And I, I 
was also expecting, you know, oh, this is something that'll pay off at the mid-season finale, uh, episode nine or whatever. And they threw it in here. I feel like I'll have more complaints about that when we get to it. But I do agree with you between that and the Stamets thing. It's just, it's filling time in the episode that I don't think we needed to fill. But at the same time, I, I was thinking to myself throughout this, how much more could we have gotten on this planet with this story? I mean, there's tons of stuff you could do on a planet. If you have three characters on a planet with a bunch of floating, uh, what would you even call those? Uh, what are those? Pix- pixie dust? Uh, you could call it pixie dust. I was thinking, what, what are those insects that glow in the dark? Oh, um... Nightflies? Night, 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 are they nightflies? Or fireflies. Fireflies, yeah. I was going to call them glowworms. When, That's when different. I, when I actually saw the, the blue haze at first, remember I told you, I said, look, it's like the fairy god mother. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it reminded me of from Cinderella. Yeah. But I mean, in all fairness, I don't know how much further they could have gone with that story. And they do need to... For, well, but do they need to further the Stamets thing? We already get what's going on. The only thing that was different this... Well, we'll talk... Again, we'll talk about that separate. But I do agree with what you're saying. Uh... I think that I would have rather just been on the planet the whole time if we had more to it, but I understand they have to get somewhere before the mid-season finale. Well, and of course you agree with me. I'm a woman. That automatically means I'm right. You guys should see the death stare he's giving me right now. <laughs> the silence says it all. Um, but here's something interesting. Uh, before we even get into the episode, this was, I don't know if this is the case or not, but this was to be as far as I can tell, the mid-season finale. Because originally they announced we're doing, you know, 15 episodes and we're going to air the first eight episodes, then take a break and come back with the next seven episodes as the second half of the season. I can kind of see how this episode ends, that they could have had this as a climax, but I, I guess we're going to be able to tell better next week which one worked better as a finale. But right. had this been... And maybe it's just a matter of, well, this is more of a one-off, even though it does progress the story. But had this been the mid-season finale as was originally planned, would it be something that we've talked all season about? Are people going to renew their subscriptions past that first month free trial? Which I don't think they would have off the first four episodes, but uh, or even first five in this case. Is this enough to tease, had this been the mid-season finale, where you would come back in two months to watch the rest of it? You know, it's kind of hard to say because... Um... Like I've said in previous episodes already, I'm not a diehard Star Trek fan, but I've been around it my whole entire life. My mother loves it. I, I enjoy it. It's it's good. It's ju- just the same type of feeling like I have with any other thing, like Star Wars, same type of thing. I'm not diehard, but I like it. Um, so, you know, I would uh, enjoy watching it for what it was. But if I specifically had to pay for a service to watch the Star Trek only... I probably wouldn't actually invest money into it. That being said, it's on, um, in Canada, we have the space channel and it's on that channel. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's actually already on something that we pay for it. Yeah, I'll watch it cause it's there, but I'm not going to invest extra money specifically for it. Yeah. Which is why it makes sense that we're taking time of our schedule to cover this show every single week. Well, but we're not it, that dedicated to it. It is Star Trek, and I do want to see kind of where they go with it. The thing is, is mm-hmm. there is there is some things that interest me enough um, in it. And again, maybe it's just because I, I don't know as much as somebody else who has seen pretty much the majority of all the series like you. Um, you know, like the whole uh, Vulcan background thing, the things I learned with that really interests me. I really like this new um, uh, uh, the Kelpians. Um, I really like that race, uh, you know, with Mr. Saru. Oh, okay. I was about to say, what's a Kelpian? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. It's, it's Saru. Saru yes. is a Kelpian, yeah. And 
I like that they touched on his race a little bit more in this episode, kind of sharing details about uh, Kelpians and stuff, because honestly, I'm so, so interested by that race. I would love it if they did even one episode of some type of a, like a, uh, what would you say, like a... Um, off episode like one off exactly like not related to the story but just you know an episode of him growing up or something to do with his home world like i want to see like where do kelpians live you know how did he grow up where is he from all that kind of stuff i i love strew and yeah. i i do have to mention actually and i told, oh this is good everybody listen if you heard <laughs> i told this to colin and i actually paused it on the tv and because they showed kind of a little bit of a close-up of his fingers while he was trying to um, destroy the transmitter uh, right by the crystal thing and I, I, I paused on his fingers and I told Colin I said it looks like he literally has penis fingers <laughs> <laughs> which it does I, I see what you're saying once you pause yeah like but- you 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 look up and it literally is just like it looks like an uncircumcised penis like that's that's what his fingers look like I, I, but you know what even though he has penis fingers and that might be my new nickname for him is penis you fingers. still want to see him shirtless uh, I don't really care about that, no, but I, I am so interested in this character. I want to see more about his world. And I thought, you know what, honestly, guys, I thought that they did an amazing job on the makeup for this character. Yeah. And and the whole new look where, honestly, you look at him and you know how sometimes with um, makeups and special effects and stuff like that, they can, they can do... Look like lot. human genitalia. Exactly. Well, no. no. <laughs> I love how you started. Yes, exactly. No, Makeups always look like genitalia. Because I thought I knew where you were going. No, but they, <laughs> they can put on so much and you still recognize them as human, if that makes sense. Yeah. But with his character, I fully believe that this guy's this dude's an alien. Yeah. I love penis fingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's your new name for him. You're not saying that like it's a snack treat like lady fingers or something. Uh, <laughs> but here's well, what's funny if, about... If ladies had fingers in that type of way, you better go run and... <laughs> Um, <laughs> ladies would have a lot more fun, but okay. Uh, so the last thing to say on the fingers, because I don't think this needs to be the major talking point of the episode, Saru's penis fingers. Um, what does he do with those penis fingers? I don't do know. Do they, they have any special every, ability? Everything on his body is just to sense danger. Okay, so, but is, is that how, you know, is that how they make babies? Because, you know, they're always in danger and everything like that. So they always have to be on guard that they can't even bother to take their clothes off that they literally just like injected in some type of hole. And then I think bam, we need to move on from here. <laughs> and then bam, it's like Kelpian babies. <laughs> um, these are, our, we talked about the theories of Stamets. We talked about the theories we have not mentioned on the show about Tyler. Do, do, do now Kelpians, we have theories about how Kelpians breed with their fingers. And, and do Kelpians come from eggs? Or are they mammals? Like, I want to know this. This is an entirely new spinoff show that we're going to get. Like Star Trek Kelpia or something. Please. Star Trek penis fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but can I get back? This is your sidetrack again. STPF. Okay. Um... With uh, the fingers, I didn't pick up on that until you mentioned it. And I'm like, okay, I see it. But it was just an early scene and we probably never had close-up. We are legitimately spending the majority of this episode talking about Sarah's <laughs> fingers. Um, we had that first shot where he's, and he's kind of starting to get loopy at this point. Uh, and he's sort of caressing both Tyler and Burnham's faces with his fingers. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's something about his hands that don't look right to me and i couldn't put my i couldn't put my finger on it uh, or my penis on it (laughs) now i know there's something unsettling about looking at an alien dong caressing a man and woman's face (laughs) not not just a dong five dongs this is well let's just call them dong fingers from now on okay (laughs) 
<laughs> I like penis fingers more. It sounds funny. Let's get off this topic because we should talk about Get off this topic? Watch your words. We should move on here. Okay, there you um, go. One thing about this episode, and we've talked about this slowly throughout the course of the series, is that in little ways it's starting to feel more and more like Star Trek. In no way does this... There's still too many weird things about it that just don't feel Trek enough, and it feels too far removed, especially when it comes to technology, which I'll talk a little bit about uh, later on. But this felt like the first one that really was a Star Trek episode, and maybe not something that would fit in the original series, but it felt like something that could definitely fit into Deep Space Nine, you know, a show that had a much broader cast and lots of, you know, uh, side plots going on at any given time. Yeah, the and whole, like, exploratory feel. You, you, well, you had that, but you also had the political stuff that something like Deep Space Nine would well, have had. Well, it's called, you know? like, Discovery. Like, well, they even say, when they're on the planet, and they're talking, we are explorers from the Starship Discovery. Like, sure you are. <laughs> well, exactly. We've <laughs> seen lots like, of exploring it's so like, far. why is this called Discovery? Like, it's not. They're but, not discovering anything. I mean, the idea here, and they don't do a really good job setting it up and stuff, that this episode is flawed. But they don't do a great job setting up why they're on this planet other than this is some transmitter. And this, I'll get into my complaint about technology here. But the idea that this will help them to, it's either detect or to somehow decloak. I think it's just detect the cloaked Klingon ships. Yeah. It's a cool idea. It feels more Star Trek-like. The fact it was on a planet was more Star Trek-like. The fact that it was dealing more with, you know, things like uh, a peaceful race and harmony and things like that. It felt more like Star Trek. But... I still have this weird question, though, as to why we need technology that is so out there in this show. And I'm seeing this as being the major complaint people have online, uh, is that the technology just takes you out of it. And I think a lot of the defenders are saying, well, like, well you can't be so tied to just because they didn't do this on the original show. It's not just that. They didn't do it on Next Generation that takes place decades later, or Deep Space Nine, or Voyager, or any of the you know Next Generation movies. You're talking decades removed. And even if you can explain that away, there's still the other issue that there's an over-reliance on technology in this and on technology being like, you know, superhuman technology. Uh-huh. This spore drive is way too over the top. It almost just makes the ship unbeatable. And they have to throw these weird things in there where it's like, well, they uh, have the cloaking thing, so we can't see them. But it doesn't change the fact that the spore drive is like the most miraculous technology ever invented. And even this planet, this transmitter, this entire living planet transmitter that can decloak, you know, ships or detect the cloaking of Klingon ships, is just so over the top. I wish there was subtlety because I think back to other shows like Next Generation, and there would always be some weird technological thing they'd have to overcome. And Data would be like, maybe if we reconfigured our, you know, whatever drives for blah, 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 blah. And Jordy's like, that's it, Data. We've got it. And it's just jargon. But here it's so over the top. We even see a shot of Stamets being strapped into the spore drive. And now he's got these like weird cybernetic implants and they inject him. And nobody's questioned this. And they, they've had no time to refine this technology. Like, it's just, oh, we had an idea and here it works. And it's the most miraculous creation in the history of mankind. It's just, that is kind of stealing away from this feeling like a Star Trek show to me. Yeah. I, and the thing is, is with the whole technology thing, I, I agree with you. And I mean, it's a little bit of kind of a rabbit trail in regards to that. But, you know, honestly, I think uh, kind of touching on the whole technology thing, I think that with this series, it I don't know if you'll know what I mean, but I, I think it takes itself a little bit too seriously. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it's supposed to be like a scientific discovery type of ship. And now obviously it's a warship and things like that. But you know, one of the things that I actually really liked about the other Star Trek series is, um, you know, you always had uh, some type of fun. And I think that m- maybe they might have tried to do it the whole, was it the last episode that was the loop one? 
Yeah, yeah. cause and effect yeah. redo. Yeah, I think that they try to do that there with, you know, them having a party type of thing. But it just seemed, it, for me, like, it just seems so forced. And I think we touched on that in last episode. Like, you know, the, the whole party thing, it just seemed like it was so forced and, like, unnatural. And it just it really honestly didn't fit. And, you know, we were, we were talking about the whole thing where it's like, you know, there, there was a place for, you know, Whoopi Goldberg just, you know, serving drinks or whatever. Yeah. I, don't, I don't actually remember her name but in the show. But anyways, like, the thing is, is this show, like, I think it's just missing some of those elements where, you know, it, it honestly just takes itself too seriously. And there's not really any element of fun where you're like, oh, this is awesome, you know, type of thing, like that type of feeling where it's like, oh, you know, I, I love this part. This is literally just all information, information, information. And there's no, hey, let's chill and you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, they're at war. I get that all. But, you know, what are these guys doing? Like, are they literally always on the bridge just, you know, killing themselves, trying to... <laughs> you know, work out new ways to win this war? Like, do they not have any things where we can get to know who they are? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, some personal stuff would be nice. And they try that with this love story, which I, I'm so checked out this love story right away, just because we talked... Which uh, which love, love story? The only one. Well, Stamets, you mean? Stamets says a love story? Yeah, with the doctor. It's not, how was that a love story? There's a difference between two people, you know, uh, dating each other and it being a love story. Oh, you're talking about Burnham. Okay. Burnham and Tyler. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, we got this thing where in this weird time loop, they hooked up, which was simply because, oh, we're in a time loop. It's not going to matter. Now, just at random, they put these two characters together as if they're a real couple, and there's no buildup to that. And these are the type of things that need to be built slowly. Not that I want this couple to be built slowly, but it's just it, it's just thrown in out of nowhere. And a part of that is the show taking itself too seriously, because even the scenes they had together were terrible. And... Here's my biggest complaint with that. I point out to you, and you weren't really paying attention at the time, that I rewound and said, you got to watch this part. When Tyler is saying to her that now their love story is so powerful that he's basically saying, what if we didn't get this transmitted working? Then the war could continue and you don't have to go to prison. These characters barely know each other. In this universe, outside of this time loop, we have no context to them even hooking up. And suddenly he's like, what if we just allowed the war to continue and everybody could keep dying just you don't have to go to war and we can, you know, get it on. Well, and I it, is, it was, no, it's just dumb because it makes no sense. And the only way it works is if the, some of the theories about Tyler out there are true. And you can research that yourself if you wouldn't want to spoil it on air. But it's just, it's such a lame line to throw out there that makes no sense. Well, and the thing is, is I know that she's human. I understand she's human, but she was raised Vulcan. Um, so We're missing a lot of the Vulcan lately too. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, I, I understand that she's not that her brain doesn't necessarily function exactly like a Vulcan because she's, you know, biologically she's a human, but I just have a real problem with, you know, they really honestly, um, enforce, enforce, enforce this whole, like she's, she's Vulcan, you know, she's cold, cold, like just logical, like blah, 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 blah. And I understand that they're trying to open her up to be more human and stuff, but it just, it bothers me. You know, I'm not an expert, like I said, on Star Trek stuff, but it bothers me watching this where they're trying to, you know, just solidify her character as being Vulcan and, you know, um, uh, everything like that. And then all of a sudden she's just completely okay with a hundred percent letting somebody in mm-hmm. like, and just trusting them. This complete total Especially stranger. This guy who's actually, let's be honest. I said this in the episode. Tyler is a really bland, dull character. Well, and the thing is, is honestly, I mean, you know, she just seems like she would have trouble, 
letting even like her Vulcan dad in. So why is she just going to let this random human person that she just met in? I don't understand. Yeah, Especially a guy that's as bland and dull as Tyler. Head over heels, completely, you know, throwing everything out of the window for everything else we've learned about her so far. But like, she is a prisoner. Here's the other thing that bothers me. And we talked about this in multiple episodes in the past. A, Lorca is the world's worst captain, uh, just in who he decides to promote. Tilly is now a permanent fixture in the engineering department with this highly sensitive technology. She's a cadet. She's still addressed as cadet. And it just makes no sense that he would allow her to be there. Now, he sends off on this mission his first officer, along with a prisoner of war, (laughs) um, a former prisoner of war who probably suffered from PTSD, Tyler, and a war criminal. And just the idea that these two are allowed to, you know, be his top in command when there's really no basis for that. And of course, we you know mentioned even with the Admiral, he questions that. But we need some some context as to why Lorca is allowing this to exist. These, I mean, these are just complaints. I'm kind of getting my rant out. Uh, it'll make sense at the end of this episode. But there's a lot of things about the show that just aren't working. Um, I don't know if you want to comment on any of those, but kind of along with that... <sighs> Even though I I said this is weird that two people who are just kind of being very critical of the show every single week are covering it every week, you said you want to see where it's going. And the other thing is, I think most of the defenses online have been, name a Star Trek show that didn't really struggle in the beginning. And I think the only one, you know, the original series didn't. Um, And I would argue Enterprise didn't. I would argue that Enterprise's second season struggled a lot more than the first. The first was probably, you know, second to only the third season. But Next Generation took at least until the third season to really kick off voyager probably took to like maybe the fourth season deep space nine it was probably the third or fourth season uh this is a typical star trek thing it takes them a while to kind of get their footing right and i think that they're trying to just figure out you know the whole feel of this show for what they want everything to be um hopefully less love story is what they want it to be are we allowed to talk about things that happened in the episode because i'm assuming everybody who's listening. oh yeah okay i'm assuming everybody who's listening to this actually watched the episode I'm curious uh, with the whole Klingon thing that they showed. Um, oh. I don't know why you're saying that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll explain it in a minute. Any, anyways, like I actually do like the the whole Klingon thing, but I, I want them to kind of go somewhere with it. But I'm wondering if the admiral admiral is still alive. Yeah, well, here's the problem here. Okay, so we had one minor subplot this week, which was Stamets' thing, which really just amounts to he's back to old Stamets. He's you know kind of uh, a jerk. He's a jerk. Yeah. Um, and he's temperamental and everything, and it's just, whoa, I don't know why this is happening. He's confiding in Tilly, because Tilly, of course, is the voice of reason on this ship. Oh, I can't wait till we get to the... We're going to do that next week, is our final one for the end of the season, the the best worst character, or the worst worst character. I love Merida. Ugh, don't even get me started. I'm I'm, I'm taking a week off from Tilly here. But anyways, then we had this Klingon plot, as you mentioned, which is... You know, the, the Klingons have the Admiral, which we explained. And then there's this female Klingon who's kind of against the head Klingon. Now, I'm going to be honest here. Noah has been watching this show. He kind of mentioned to me it's not a very good Star Trek show. Um, I don't know if he's listening to this episode, but Noah will know exactly what I'm talking about when I say this. The Klingons are the fancy, stuffy British men of Star Trek to me. <laughs> So if you listen to our other show, Double Laws 7, uh, Noah and I did a commentary for Dr. No, and he kind of explained that every time you get like the sophisticated British guys who are just kind of giving a lecture, he completely tunes out. And it doesn't matter how many times he's watched that James Bond movie, 
It's just gone from his mind. He's like, I'm not even listening to this. That's what the Klingons are for me in this show. Really? And I, I don't maybe it's that. because they're subtitled for so long. I don't mind the subtitles, but like when we have a 10 minute long scene with Klingons and every line is subtitled and all the characters, they're trying to give them different looks, but to me, they looked all too similar. And it's just a boring plot to me. I mean, I don't mind the whole idea of the Klingon war, but I don't think we need this stuff with the different houses and, uh, you know, the, the the weird thing with the female Klingon trying to overthrow him. I don't even know the names of these characters. I was just going to say the only thing, and I enjoy the Klingons, but I was going to say the only thing is, I honestly, if you asked me their names, I could not tell you. I oh, couldn't tell oh, you what's going on. I, I do her. remember that the, the lady one was saying she wanted to overthrow Cole. K-O-L. I remember that. Okay. And the one that they killed was Takuvma. I don't know any other. Yeah, I, I recognize a name, but I couldn't tell you what their purpose is. I just, I tune out with the Klingons, and we'll get to this a bit on the end of the uh, episode with our ranking this week uh but i had a lot of trouble following that plot and i i do like this idea of the war but i think even though they're actually popping up less than i thought they would i think we're still seeing too much of the klingons or too much of the klingons doing nothing that's my complaint yeah i i, and I mean i can definitely see where you're going with that but Again, you know, I actually enjoy the storyline. I just want to see where they're going. But, you know, it might be more interesting for me just because, again, I'm not, you know, an expert or anything. So this is all new for me. It's weird because this episode is all about the planet and this, you know, the blue fairy, as you said, um, communicating with Saru. This reminded me a lot of a lot of Star Trek episodes where they arrive on a planet and something goes wrong. You know, the one that I think you're most familiar with is one of my favorite Enterprise episodes, which is actually the second ever episode of Enterprise where, by the way, Enterprise, people who like to knock Enterprise, they were on a planet in episode two, uh, where they got there and there was a weird storm with like pollen in the air and then they were hiding out in the caves and they all started hallucinating. Yeah. And I love episodes like that where a character can just be turned on its head for one week and it's just, well, they went a little bit nuts, you know? Um, with Siru, that's kind of the main plot of this episode. And it's, it's like, I, I, it's still a little bit unclear to me as to whether he was under the influence of the, the blue fairy. Um, whether something there was affecting him. A lot of things were kind of unclear this episode. It was a flawed episode, but I loved the stuff on the planet enough that, you know, at least I was feeling like I was watching a Star Trek show. And interesting, just in researching this, this episode was written by um, a, a writer who actually worked on the novels for years. So they, they brought somebody in who was familiar with Star Trek. And this is going to be, uh, I think, more common as the season progresses, where big exciting news is that the uh, the episode when we're going to come back in January uh, for the second half of the season is going to be di- directed by Jonathan Frakes, who played Riker and, of course, directed so many episodes of all the shows, as well as two of the movies, <coughs> First Contact and Insurrection. But um, anything else you want to comment on about the, the stuff on the planet or the love story that really just isn't clicking? No, I, you know, honestly, I think that I probably said all I need to say for the episode. I found the whole planet stuff interesting. Um, I'm actually, you might be shocked to hear this, but I'm actually kind of excited for the next episode because now I want to see, you know, what happens after the the Pavo planet yeah. has invited, you know, the Klingons. I want to see what happens. Well, yeah, that's what's cool is that we're getting somewhere. We're getting a to be continued, but it still feels like they're two self-contained stories. So I thought this whole Pavo planet was just me a one-off. And really the planet is one entity kind of, which is a cool idea. And the planet looked cool too. Like, let's yeah. give it that. Yeah. It that's one of the things, even though the plot, I was sort of like, this is all over the place. It, it was a cool environment and that's kind of what's missing. But now that idea is that this planet, its whole purpose is about peace and harmony. And it thinks we can bring peace to the Klingons. So it's communicating the Klingons, hey, come here. 
talk to the Discovery. They're, they're of course, the ones who can bring peace. But, yeah, I, I like where it's going with that. And uh, I feel like next week we're going to have a much better uh, cliffhanger for what we're going to get for the second half of the season. But I want to see at least one more episode with this. And normally I would say let's move on to something different next time. So let's move on to ranking this now. Um, so far, I think we've been to a couple episodes. Uh, we've rented most of them, kind of politely rented. Um, did you buy any of the first two parts? Mm, I don't think so. I think it was all rented. This one I definitely would rent. Um, and that's not being like, oh, I'm being so generous. I would actually rent it. It was a pretty interesting episode. I mean, it had its problems, but, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was still entertaining enough to watch. And I'm, I'm entertained enough to tune in next week. And so, and, and not just because we're covering the show. So that saying something, I would rent it. Um, at one point in this episode, I was leaning towards buying it. And I feel like the biggest problem is the payoff wasn't good enough. And part of that was, well, we're holding this over till next week. But the other part was they had too much of the Klingons in there that took away from what I think could have worked on the planet. Um, I also didn't care for the love story. There's enough problems with this episode that I wouldn't buy it. But I would say this is probably up there with last week's episode. In some ways, I liked it even more than last week's episode. Maybe my favorite of the season so far, Mm -hmm. despite the problems. Yeah. No, and... I, I hear what you're saying. I think that it probably was one of the best episodes that they've had so far. But I want to see where they go with the next episode. I think that'll kind of reflect my judgment on this episode once I see the next one. So let's get to our rankings of the week. Uh, I said what we're saving next week for. It's going to be my favorite category. The worst of the worst characters. Expect to see some Wesley Crusher in there. Some uh, uh, Lots of Tilly. Uh, we'll include Tilly yes. next week. We usually don't include the Discovery ones. But... Uh, we're going to do the alien species in this one. Now, this comes from my uh, dislike of the Klingons on this season. And we're not going to do like one per every show, even though I guess it could almost count as one per every show. Problem is, we've done this in past weeks and we include stuff from Voyager. And it's not even that I dislike Voyager, but I just don't feel Voyager was as inspired of a show. It, it, it had a lot of recycled stuff. So we're going with like enemy species here. Obvious choices like the Klingons, the Romulans. You're familiar with the Romulans, right? Yeah. The they're, Borg. They're, they're, they're like they're like um, Vulcans, Vulcans, except bad yeah. Vulcans. But like bad Vulcans, yes. Yeah. Um, also, like you know, not, the Russians. Not, not just like past their expiry date. Like they're bad. Like they're evil. Yeah. Uh, the Cardassians, which I refresh your memory on before we recorded here. Cardassians, I think they're introduced in Next Generation, but they were primarily. A Deep Space Nine. There's lots we could choose from. Did you uh, just say Kardashians? The Kardashians. Oh, okay, because I swear I heard you say Kardashian like Kim Kardashian. Yeah, well, they would be a great villain species in here. Uh, probably along the line is with the Ferengi. Uh, lots of Star Trek fans find that funny right well, now. Well, you know, <laughs> half of their body is fake. You know, they probably have just as much on, like, for special effects as these Star Trek like, people do. Like the new Klingons, right? Yeah. <laughs> Genetically altered. Half of them but isn't even really them. <laughs> let's leave out the the Kazon, which was Voyager's attempt at an alien species. And I think that's part of the problem with having Voyager in this category. They were in a different quadrant of the galaxy where all the species should have been different. Um, the one they tried to attempt wasn't... I already know it would be last no matter who took this poll. They relied on the Borg a lot too, though. So Borg's kind of in there for both Next Generation and this. And then we'll include an Enterprise one there. Enterprise had two main species. They had the Sulaban, which were more involving like the early seasons time travel. And then the Zindi, which you're not that familiar with. So you can leave the Zindi off the pole. Uh, Zindi was pretty much all of season three of Star Trek. A really cool idea. 
about, uh, I guess, a couple of different alien species who joined together. And they were kind of a terrorist group, which was different for Star Trek. And a whole season revolved around them, which was great. Very sinister. Can we do for the rankings, honestly? Because I'm finding it hard to actually do them sometimes because I don't really know that much. So I probably sound like an idiot. (laughs) Can... Can we just have you do the rankings and explain your feelings? Because I feel like if people listen to mine, be like, wow, she's stupid. Well, you she, give she, me, vo- she voted this last. That's the last one. You give me, you don't have to go through all of them, but you give me maybe your top two or three when of, of those there. We have the Klingon, the Vulcan, not the Vulcan, the Romulans, uh, the Borg, the Cardassians, and the Zindi. I think the only ones that I actually really even know are the... Um, What's the... Klingons? Yeah, Klingons. And then the... Borg? I don't even really know How them How do you know much. the Borg? Uh, I know them from the movie, seeing the movie with that hot Borg lady. Well, what about all the episodes of Next Generation, Picard becoming a Borg? Um, I don't know, but... They were in Voyager more than they were in Next Generation. And Romulans, I mean, they're like... I know them a little bit better than, than the Borg, but honestly, like, Klingons is the one that I would say I know the most. And even then, like... People are listening to this being like, wow, she's stupid. She, she's, you know, been saying every single episode how she basically doesn't know anything and all this Klingon stuff is new for her. Okay, so... I mean, Klingon would probably be like my number one, but that's probably going to be like everybody's number one. Well, don't be so sure. Let's go through mine here. Uh, I'll do this in... Thank you for having mercy, by the way, and not making me do it. I'll go through this in uh, proper order here from my favorite to least because I'll kind of give my complaints as I go along. Um, my favorite of all those would easily be the Borg. I'm a what? huge I'm a huge next generation fan. The Borg are scary, okay? A lot of these species are meant to be scary, but they're more political scary I than anything else. Something the something collective. Yeah, well the, the Borg is basically they're like zombies. It's like, you know, cybernetic zombies. The idea is is that they take you over and you just become part of the collective. You're all one. You have no individuality, you have no uh you know uh like conscious self or anything. Uh, you have no personality. You have no personality, yeah. We, we, and we plus, can say the same thing of some of the characters on the like show. Like Tyler. <laughs> is he a Borg? I'm knocking, I don't know why I'm knocking Tyler. Tyler's not that bad. But spoilers, just, he's a Borg. Yeah, in he's... Disguise. Yeah, you heard the spoilers out there. Before we even go on with this, I'm, I'm going to try to figure out by the end of the season why I don't like Tyler, because there's really nothing that much wrong with him. It's just there's something about him I just... Oh, what a wasted character. I don't care. Uh, but anyways... The Borg are easily the best because they're scary. And on top of the fact that they can, uh, you know, just take you over and you're gone, you know, Picard, it even affected Picard. I think that's one of the great things is that the Borg got to the main character on the show and it kind of always haunted him when you look at the first Contact movie. Mm -hmm. They got to Data. I mean, this is a scary group, but then even the idea of how do you kill a Borg? Well, you kill one, they're all connected and there's so many that they just spread and spread and spread. Like their ship is terrifying. It's just a giant cube. And the fact that these things are not even fully living. And then when you kill them, you could shoot them a couple of times, but then they just adapt to your weapon. Like they learn how to adapt and protect themselves. So it's like you have to change weapons every five minutes just to fight these things. It's it's a terrifying enemy. You got to refresh yourself. Just before. terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Uh, my second, I'd go with the Romulans. So yeah, already Klingons are not everybody's Come favorite. On. The Romulans, again, they're a little bit more intimidating. Uh, you saw less of them. And the idea of the Romulans, was, it was more like the Russians, I guess, at the time it was created in the 60s. So it's like a Cold War between them. You have the, the neutral zone where, you know, you can't cross in our territory, we can't cross in yours. And you rarely see the Romulans. 
they saved the next generation TV show after the failed experiment of the Ferengi as the enemy villains in season one. Uh, and I just like the arc that they had going through the final next generation movie, the, the one with Tom Hardy, you know, as the, the human clone of Picard taken on by the, the, in this case of the Romulans or Remans or whatever. But yeah, just the whole idea, the, the first episode they're introduced as well is just one of the most effective moments in Star Trek where, uh, they're on the ship and they see this on like the view screen and everybody's sort of looking at Spock's like, what is this thing? And Spock's like, well, we're not allowed to talk about it. Like the Romulans are that secretive. And that's the other cool thing about the Romulans. Um, what other ones did we have there? We had the Klingons, we had the Zindi, uh, the Cardassians, right? The here's, Cardassians. here's another one. I'd go with the Cardassians third. Come on. The Cardassians are extremely intelligent. They're not like, you know, Klingon warriors or whatever. They're not like Romulan thinkers. Uh, and the Cardassians had like Deep Space Nine, they had so much development. And I think if I was just going based on the race themselves, probably not as interesting as even the Klingons, but it's how much development they had in that whole Deep Space Nine war and everything, which I think was just fantastic. Uh, I'd go fourth the Zindi. So I've <laughs> already clues you in as to how much I disagree with you because the Zindi again they had that benefit of an entire season dedicated to them in Enterprise the idea that they weren't all the same they were kind of different species working together and that they were more or less a terrorist group and just the entire season three of Enterprise is so fantastic here's my reason for picking the Klingons last okay a I've never been a huge fan of the Klingons in the original Star Trek series I found them to be kind of goofy and it's not just the appearance of them as just kind of looking like pirates and we talked about how they didn't really look like Klingons I thought they did a better job with them like in the uh the the original series movies like especially the one with Christopher Lloyd Search for Spock Next Generation they became friends and I always found the Klingons more interesting as friends or possible friends there's still like this you know are weird rivalry friends or are they frenemies well I mean Worf is you know unusual because for the most part even in Next Generation what was interesting about the Klingons was that they were sort of still at odds and we don't know how much we can trust them, but we're technically at peace with them. Uh, but just as enemies, I never thought the Klingons were great. And this series isn't helping matters either. So Klingons are going to be last on the list for me. People send your hate tweets uh, <laughs> to Ben Waterworth uh, <laughs> uh, or Jamie Hilding. No. Um, yeah, those are our species. What are we looking forward to next week? Uh, we kind of know this is going to be a continuation with the Klingons being, you know, drawn to this Pavel planet and the Pavel planet itself trying to force peace. And the cool thing I like about this is the fact that, you know, even as an audience member, well, this planet doesn't get it, but maybe it gets something. Like, who knows? They, they're they going to go somewhere interesting in this. I think this will be the one episode that has potential to be a buy it uh, just because they're confident enough that this is a good uh, ending off point to get people to tune back in two months from now, which we should also mention, you know, they have announced the date for when the show is coming back. What? Uh, January 7th. So at the time of recording this, we're on November 11th. Tomorrow, the final episode of the first half of the season ends December, uh, November 12th. We're going to have basically two months before this thing comes back. And I have a question to ask you. What's up? It's a rabbit trail. It's not related to what you're <laughs> just talking to. That's so unusual for you. <laughs> no, I was trying to think of it. It was like on the tip of my tongue the whole episode when they were talking about the planet name. What was? Don't say penis finger. No. <laughs> what was the planet name again? Pavo. Pavo? Yeah. Okay. You know what I kept thinking about the whole episode? Mm. 
Pablo? No. I kept thinking about food, of course. Oh. And I was like, oh, what is the thing that I'm thinking of? I know it sounds like that. I was thinking of Pavlova. Pavlova? Yeah. Okay, what's that? It's like, I know it from watching all of Nigella's TV shows, my guilty pleasure. I think it's like a meringue dessert thing. Okay. I had searched oh, it. Oh, you searched. This is why you were distracted on your phone. That looks good. Yeah, it It's looks meringues good. with cream and fruit. Yeah. I should yeah. make that. Again, I know lots about that from Nigella's it's, shows. It's not very Can low, we cover low part, some Nigella episodes during the off-season here? I thought you were just going to say, can we cover some Nigella? I'm like, I know you want <laughs> there's, there's, So we'll take a poll on. Anybody wants to hear us, or me particularly, talk about Nigella Lawson? <laughs> I think she always wants to take a poll. Okay. <laughs> that would be a fun episode for us. There's something for Anna recast. But Star Trek Discovery, let's kind of uh, look forward to the next episode, which... We'll bring to you a little bit sooner, I'm hoping, but we have a lot coming up on the Oz Network. Uh, this week is Justice League, so we... Oh, aren't you so excited for that? I am, because we got tickets to go a day early, so... I love Wonder Woman, and you know, I wish that I could dress up as her, but she she shows a little bit more skin than I'd like to show. <laughs> um, she shows more than I would like to show as well. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we get Justice League, so I mean, we're going to be busy with that, and we get to see it a day early, a day before it's released here. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ben, of course, being ahead of us. In time. Ben's living in the future, if people didn't know that, in Australia because of the time difference. So we're going to bring you an early review of Justice League this week. Uh, on top of that, Star Wars Month has begun. The Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> oh, look forward to that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to go from there and be doing like some Ewok ones and stuff like that. But, I don't know why you make your friends watch that. I tried to watch it with you here, and I'm like, what am I watching? And that's why people need to listen to the episode. You want to listen to an episode of us talking about the greatest train wreck in the history of you know what? movie franchises, television spinoffs, whatever. Okay, I'm Listen just, to the Star Trek holiday special, I'm, please. I'm sorry. I don't drink. Star Wars. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. But watching that show, honestly, I'm thinking to myself, the only way that somebody could actually legitimately enjoy this is if they were wasted out of their face. Which is how they talk Carrie Fisher into doing it, which we discuss on the episode. <laughs> anyway, but that's seriously, like I'm watching this, I'm like, this is like, this is more messed up than Alice in Wonderland. And Alice in Wonderland, wasn't that written by somebody that was basically like on drugs? It was written in like the 1600s. I doubt that he was like high on crystal meth. Well, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, it was more messed up than Alice in Wonderland. But listen not, not to our episode. It's just weird. Listen to our episode. Um, yeah, we'll be off for Star Trek. We'll be back for Star Trek next week, off for a little while. We got a lot of stuff covering with like Christmas coming up and uh, obviously Survivor's going on and um, the Star Wars uh, episodes coming up. Don't know if we're going to pick Nigella to do in the meantime, but uh, okay, some other cool Colin, stuff is coming to up. To do in the meantime? You twist everything I say around. Uh-huh. You're the one who spent this episode talking about penis fingers on your Come face. Come on. We know that she's like... Well, I don't even think she'd be a MILF anymore. I think she's pretty much a gilf now. But she looks like like 20 years younger than she is. She is very hot. I will how give you we, that. How, this, is, this, is what, this is why we need a Nigella Oz <laughs> spin-off here to listen to me talking about a cooking show of a 55-year-old woman you know what? who's the dirtiest human being on the planet. You know what I want you to do? And it's something that you to could totally do because you're like really great at editing and stuff. I want you to go through all of her episodes and I want you to grab every inappropriate phrase. Oh, I tried. I tried. I, I spent hours watching all of her cooking shows. How are we talking about this, people? Um, And I made timestamps and it just got to be too many where I'm like, 
I don't have the time for this. <laughs> She's great. That would be a fun thing to cover. And one of her favorite recipes you loved is her slutty spaghetti. And she just yeah. she doesn't she doesn't try to hold back. She's like, this is my slutty spaghetti. Yeah. If if nobody has watched it, just look up YouTube clips of any of Nigella's cooking shows. It is the funniest thing you'll ever see. Uh, we're just pitching that as a potential idea. She's, but, a, she's a dirty broad, but she's a hot broad. Yeah. All right. I like how you looked at, <laughs> how you looked at my chest when I said I did that. not look at your chest. You're the one who stares at your chest in the middle of episodes. For more context on that, listen to our Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey episode. And by the way, Nigella has a huge rack. See, that's why I have Jamie on these episodes, so she can say these things and I don't sound disgusting. Um, I, I notice these things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll... we'll figure out something we, we do have some projects coming up which we won't announce yet that we'll be filling our time with uh anyways that's it for this week make sure to subscribe to us on itunes jimmy's trying to place a phone call on the air here i am not <laughs> uh subscribe to us on itunes stitcher uh spotify whatever else out there uh Lime. like us on Sp- i don't think my, we have that myspace myspace oz network is on myspace now um, live journal <laughs> facebook twitter all those things <laughs> Till next time, my name is Colin, and my fingers do not breed. My name is Jamie Hilding, and I would like to have a fairy godmother who does not have penis fingers. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.